Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Bovada At Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. The head odds maker of BovadaSportsbook.com is the great Patrick Morrow. Patrick, welcome. Thank you, thank you, Seth. How are you this week? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, U.S. Open was a rousing success. Uh, anytime the weather can wreak havoc with everybody's scorecards, I thought that was kind of neat. Um, you know, you kind of throw away everything, uh, but uh, nonetheless, a success. People bitched about the television coverage because it was on like three different channels and one streaming service. And it just seemed like people couldn't find it in the U.S. But uh, other than that, uh, that and all the talk about all the golfers that were, were on live. I thought social media was hysterical. They're like, what if a live golfer and a PGA golfer have to play together in the second, in the third and fourth round? I was like, ooh. Ooh, you mean players that have played together on the for, for 20 years and, 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 and they're and all most friends? Of them probably and... don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, you know, it's, it's tough. The last couple of years, uh, Seth, I've really, you know, I've gotten into golf more, just more from a betting point of view and trying to be kind of like a bookmaking generalist as well. I really do like to think that while there are areas where I have my specialties, that I, I could just become better at what I do, but also better as a better. Uh, just by putting my hands in many could be baskets. better as a better. Is that what you just said? That's right. Grammatically correct. E R O R. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll try not to do that too often though, because I might lose my ability to say much else afterwards. Better, 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 better. Uh, but no, I, I thought the tournament was great. Uh, none of the none of the horses I backed uh, did any well. But uh, you know, unfortunately, John Rahm was in the mix heading into Sunday and just had a brutal Sunday afternoon. That course was really unforgiving for a lot of players. I think Fitzpatrick's uh, final score was only minus six or so. He went off uh, twenty to one. Uh, I, I thought it was great. It was it, there was no runaway. Uh, every single day there was a different story going on. Even the manufactured live ones. Uh, it, it was great. Really great tournament. That's what you want from a major. You know. You, you say manufactured, though. I mean, it was really the talk of the tournament. You know, I, I was talking to a golf reporter and, you know, what what covering a golf tournament is, is you walk the course, you pick one or two golfers and you follow them. And then you spend the rest of the day in the in the media room watching the leaderboard and watching it on television. I mean, that, that's what covering these things are. And. I would imagine that that's where a lot of the live talk happens, because you put media people blowhards you know such as myself in there <laughs> that's what you'd get but you know i want to reiterate what i said on earlier episodes of our podcast and that just is i'm not vilifying these guys i'm not saying the saudis are great people i'm not naive to what's gone on but are we going to say that i won't watch the world cup because it's in qatar did i not watch the olympics because it was in china no would the nba not take chinese money in a heartbeat if they if, if it wasn't taken away after a Daryl Morey tweet, I, I mean, where do you draw the line? So to take Brooks Kepka, who just announced that he's going to, you know, he's leaving the PGA, he's going to this live tour. Is, is he what, what 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 name do you want to give him? Is he a sellout? No, he's a golfer. He's doing what he can. No, I mean, maybe a Johnny Cub lately, if anything else, because he's not the first and it appears he won't be the last as uh, day in, day out, uh, we get another announcement of somebody major uh, making this move over. I do want to clarify that the I, I would have watched the Olympics this year, Seth, but the NHL and China couldn't quite figure out how to send NHLers over. So that's literally the only winter that event I ever That was the reason why you didn't watch. But it wasn't because of your political stance. 
oh gosh, no, if I was trying to hold every governing body, whether it's a political or private one to uh, my own moral standards, there's not too much I could put on TV these days, but uh, maybe that's just me being a bit of a nihilist, but, uh, no, I, but I don't, or, or, or pragmatist, but, thing, but like, what are we making these guys out to be? And they don't have a television deal. And I, you know, is there going to be some streaming service that makes a deal with them? Uh, you know, it's, of course. It, it might not be Amazon or Apple, but it, it, you know, there, it, it could be, you know, to be, I don't know, to be owned by Fox. I, I'm trying to think of, you know, some random streaming service. And if you make it free, people are going to watch. Oh, sure. Someone's going to take a chance on it. And if Liv has to go uh, a non-traditional route and who they partner up for that, uh, so be it. Uh, they will figure it out. Just like these golfers, uh, there will be a service out there that will take the Live Tours money to uh, produce something for them. It's, it's unlikely to be uh, something legacy. And, you know, w- when you mentioned the writers in the clubhouse, I think a lot of what's driving those narratives as well is, you know, Who's credentialing them? Who's giving them their access to every one of these tournaments? Who's giving them that great little media corner for them to write these pieces about how bad and evil the live tour is and the players on it? So, you know, I I am always mindful where the criticism is coming from. If it's not directly from the tour, the people writing on it are pretty connected to the legacy PGA tour as well. So again, I don't, I don't have a horse in this fight. I do find it interesting as someone who, uh, Whenever there's a dispute between labor and management, I generally default to labor. Uh, oh, I'm okay with yeah. another group of people coming out here and saying, we'd like to pay you guys more money for your work. Right. And that's all, that's all it is. And, you know, I, I, not to plug another podcast, but this week on Sports <laughs> with Friends, I had the acclaimed uh, golf writer for Sports Illustrated, Bob Harrigan. And, you know, we talked a lot about this. And, and the reality of it is, is that, he went and covered the first tournament. Did he commit a crime by, by doing so? Why? Because the folks at sports illustrated said, you know what? A lot of people click on that crap. <laughs> so they did it. Yeah. That's the argument that that's the whole point. And that that's why this continues to be a thing. I think people are curious about it. If nothing else. I mean, I certainly, I mean, I'm not begrudging players for playing it. I'm certainly not begrudging anybody from covering it. It's, it's a curiosity. I mean, there's a lot of criticism coming out of that first event in London as to how it's played, how short the event is, you know, these tournament golfers really like those four days to separate themselves from the field, much like top MLB teams really do like that 162 game setup because you need that kind of distance to separate yourselves from, uh, you know, the rest, but Oh, listen, the live will either figure it out or they won't. These golfers are going to make a bunch of money in the meantime. All right. So bottom line is we're not going to be searching for all the uh, skeletons and all the closets of all the sports we cover and uh, all the sports that we gamble on. And that's uh, that. We'll say that we'll say that for a separate podcast. Yeah, we'll do a different podcast on that. That should be uh, something I would definitely want to click on. Uh, All right. Um, The Stanley Cup finals. uh, If you're listening to this on the day it's released, game four is tonight. Uh, you knew the lightning weren't just going to roll over and die. Come on. Come on. Who's naive? <laughs> the safest money in the world was game three. The game three, if we had done a podcast, I, I don't care what anybody says. That was as much of a lock. Anybody didn't take Tampa a thousandfold. Take Tampa. <laughs> now, I do not know who's winning game four. I will say I think the winner of game four wins the series. I've said that about many game fours. and I've been right. Um, if the Avalanche win, they go home up 3-1. It's over in five. If they go back tied 2-2, this thing goes seven. Yeah. Uh, thank goodness for Tampa Bay uh, for making it a series. Uh, as us hockey nut fans over here uh, 
were very much aching for and very much worried about after Colorado absolutely drubbed them on Saturday night. Uh, full disclosure, Seth, you know, I feel like we uh, kind of crapped on the NBA a lot during the playoffs. And looking at these last two scores of last the two NHL, scores, last two games have been clickers. You're right. You're right. Seven, nothing and six, two. But hey, Call if, we it what it to, is. if we if we had to get a six, two to get Tampa back in the series and hopefully we get some tight ones after this, I'm for it. Uh, you know, I, again, I don't have a rooting interest. I just want this series to be interesting. Game one really was. Uh, you know, the way that Tampa came back emphatically, I don't mind a blow in that kind of situation because they didn't squeak by. They show that they're for real, that they are the defending champs. And that you know, they might be reminding people what they did against the New York Rangers uh, just last series coming back from down to nothing. Uh, looking ahead to game three. Uh, yeah, it's a tight one. You said game you didn't four. know what the game four, game four, game four. Game four. Goodness gracious. Looking ahead to game four. Uh, you said you didn't know what the odds were going to be. It is a tight one. We do have the avalanche as ever so slight minus one to 15 favorites at Bavada up two games to one in this series. They're now currently minus 270 to win it all. Uh, hopefully this series again goes six or seven uh, right now. Nathan McKinnon still your ever so slight favorite for the con Smythe, but uh, you know, a lot more games to be played. Those odds expected to be on the move. Yeah. And uh, what, what's his name? Neskushkin? I don't know how to say his name. He's the guy that, that would get the con Smythe. Uh, I don't win. Uh, we're just going to say you got it right. <laughs> we'll just say we got it right. That, that's fine. Uh, no, game one was brilliant. Game two and three have been stinkers. But let's call it what it is. That's fine. We uh, look forward to Wednesday night. And hopefully, again, uh, we get a really good back and forth game. Uh, you know, one thing that's been fun, set during uh, these playoff games is the amount of content we've been able to add as these games progress. So we were able to do it in game one because the game went to overtime. And we started adding, uh, you know, who will score the game-winning goal in this game? Will there be a goal in the first five and a half minutes of the overtime period. Uh, how many shots will these players get on net during the overtime period? So, you know, we, we've got these 20 minute intermissions in hockey, which are, are pretty long, but Hey, listen, they're needed. You got to sort out that ice. The players need to get their legs a little bit. You can't just keep running them out there and uh, shootouts are no good for the playoffs. I strongly believe that. So these 20 minute intermissions have really given us a pretty cool opportunity to add a lot of content that you can't oh, really find cool. it. That's you cool. can't find anywhere out there. I look at all of our competitors and, you know, I'm not always on here to be a shill for where I work, but sometimes when we're doing something better than others, I got to point it out. Uh, total shots on goal, total saves in the overtime period, stuff like that. Otherwise, everyone else is just posting the money line. Who's going to win? You got 20 minutes. You got to be a little bit more creative than that. So I got to say pretty pleased with the way the guys have risen to the occasion and in these playoffs, but specifically in the Stanley Cup finals, to try and add more content in between periods. And if we get to overtime like that, you know, who is going to score that game winning goal? Everyone loves to have a bet on that, especially if you can nail it. No, that's very, that's very, very cool. I, I, I think that's awesome. And you're not shilling that that's, that's reality. I mean, it, it, it very, very cool. And uh, my gut instinct is, um, I, like I said, I hope these games are classics, just classics. I mean, you know, Vasilevsky giving up seven goals. That's ridiculous. You know, that, that we don't know. No one needs that. Let's just go forward and, and hope, hope you have some nail biters because I don't think, you know, at this point, you don't know who the Stanley cup champion is. No. I would like I'd like to say that I hope my dad has to uh, record over his VHS tape multiple elimination games. Let's put it that way, because he's always got that out when it gets to, you know, game five, game six in the series. I hope he has to record over that multiple times. Well, I was going to say that's how I always wind up recording 
um, my uh, NHL 22 games, my video game. Every time I think it's a, cl- a, a classic moment, and then uh, you you face you stave off elimination, and you say, "Oh, okay, you just recorded that for nothing." <laughs> Folks, we would be uh, you know remiss if we did not congratulate uh, the great Seth oh, Everett yeah. uh, and uh, his Utica Comets for winning the NHL 22 uh, NHL Calder 22 Trophy. Calder Cup, my first season. Uh, not only did I do that, but I clipped it correctly and i learned how to edit video and uh it's now on my tiktok page yeah so I, I learned valuable lesson uh, you are never too old for tiktok i thought it was something that for my age that it had already passed me by so uh watch out in this space for the pat morrow tiktok uh it's gonna be great it's gonna be we're gonna horrible. put this show on tiktok oh my gosh do i do i have to dance or anything i, I don't know yes. anything about tiktok oh god it's All about right. damn time well apologies in advance folks <laughs> what was the podcast a couple weeks ago? I like to see a wiggle, wiggle, jiggle, jiggle, oh, jiggle, right. jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's right. Yeah, that was TikTok. Oh gosh, yeah. See now again, I've just been talked completely out of it again. But uh, that's, that's absolutely right. All right, uh, before we wrap things up uh, on today's episode, the uh, 2022 NBA draft is uh, this week. Um, big night, Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Uh, Auburn's Jabari Smith, Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren. Uh, Duke's Paolo Banchero, um, you know, is it Smith to the Magic at one, Holmgren to the Thunder, uh, the artist formerly known as the Seattle Supersonics. Don't get me off on a tangent there. Uh, (laughs) Banchero to the Rockets. Who gets uh, who the Sacramento Kings get at number four? Um, Uh, You know, what's the draft is here. Yeah. And you know what? A couple things. I think it's really cool that, uh, you know, just in a couple of days time and we don't have a slam dunk for who the number one overall pick is yet. Our, our current not odds, a guarantee, uh, right? Jabari Smith is the favorite, but not not a sure thing by any stretch. That's right. He is the favorite of Bavada, minus two hundred currently uh, to uh, be drafted uh, first overall, followed by Chet Holmgren at two to one. Uh, Paolo Banchero uh, coming out of Duke is right there as well, plus two twenty. Uh, so it, it's pretty fantastic that not only do we not know who the first is, but that it's a legitimate open race right now between three different amateur players to be drafted number one like that. I, I got to say that that's very cool. Usually uh, in previous years, we know by now, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, who is going to be drafted first overall. And we're talking about, you know, our second overall, third overall picks and much further down the board. So I really do appreciate that. And as a result, uh, it's, it's good for us. It's good for betters as well. When there's this much uncertainty, uh, we can raise limits up a little bit more when it's not just a lock that it's going to be this player coming in first, coming in second, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I think this uncertainty, I think our ability to police social media uh, to the best of our ability has really helped us. But I, I got to say, Seth, uh, I love that this is only two rounds. I love that the NBA draft uh, is not a weekend event where, you know, we're talking about this on Sunday and still having to manage this stuff. I, I, I like the first round of the NFL draft. I like posting odds on that. Trying to manage that is enough. Only having two rounds for the NBA is just fantastic. The NFL oh, is like crazy. That. We, 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 we like that. Didn't the NBA used to have like eight rounds, 10 rounds? Did? Yeah, oh, long God. time ago. Long, long time ago. Long time ago. Because I, I think for pre-Morrow days. Pre-Morrow days. <laughs> oh, when I was just a glint in John Morrow's eyes. But uh, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no. So uh, too long, didn't read. Uh, it's a lot easier to keep track of two rounds and all the rounds that the NFL uh, puts out there. And it's also a, a bit easier time of the year for us to devote resources to this, right? Uh, NBA is over. Um, you know, we have baseball happening, but you know, baseball kind of runs itself. We've kind it's, of avoided uh, baseball so far. No, that's. But uh, you know what? Listen, when we get post draft, we'll and there. there's only we'll, yeah, we'll get there. Yeah, MLB, WNBA, CFL, all the greats that we've missed. Uh, it's, don't worry, we'll get them there too when we literally run out of anything else to talk about. Uh, but no, it, it's 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 fun to be able to give the kind of attention to this because I know when NFL draft is happening, it's usually what April each year, something like that. You know, you've got college basketball up against it. You've got uh, NHL and NBA are still in the regular season. We have so many games going on. Uh, it's impossible to be as on top of that as we like. So with the NBA draft, we can beef up limits a little bit more, add that kind of content. And uh, I will not be as stressed going into Thursday night as I usually am going into the first night of the NFL draft. Um, can we end the podcast with a joke? Yes. Do you like a joke? I, I tried this on another podcast. The reaction was funny. So I want to try All right. uh, this one. You ready? Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, because musical interludes has been what has made this podcast uh, really hum so far. Uh, <laughs> what is the difference? Between black-eyed peas and chickpeas. Oh, God. I'm already cringing. <laughs> All right, what go is, ahead. The, the, what is the difference between black-eyed peas and chickpeas? Uh, I don't know, Seth. You're going to have to meet me halfway on this one. The black-eyed peas can sing us a song. Chickpeas can hum us one. I got a feeling That tonight's going to be a good night That tonight's going to be Uh, (laughs) Uh, see you next week folks the wife wife's gonna love that one have a great week you you gotta tell it you gotta tell it (laughs) she listens she listens Respect. So when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all intellect and let the rhythm affect. Us to lose our inhibition, follow your intuition, free your inner soul and break away from tradition. Cause when we be out, girl, it's pulling we out. You wouldn't believe how we wow shit out. We burn until it's burned out.